This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the Palatial 680 of the Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagrianski. Hello, sir. How's it going, man? It's going well. How's it going with you? Good. It's a big morning coming up for you tomorrow oh, uh, yeah. on Thursday morning. I, it, it's. Uh, I'm a guy that suffers from a lot of anxiety, so I'm like... I'm nervous. The Atlanta United injury list grows. I'm nervous. With Eric Quintana going under the knife to get, what is it, ACL revision surgery? So it, technically it's ACL revision. Basically they're going to do the ACL all over again. They're going to proofread. Which I'm not really, I, again, I'm not thrilled about. I'm not, uh, <laughs> but it's got to be done. It's got to be done. It's, uh, I, it, I tweaked it last, last July before I went to Uruguay. I remember you mentioned it. Yeah, and. Yeah. Ever since then, it's just been a problem. I've not been, to the, I've not gotten back to the point where I feel like, all right, I can go go back to doing CrossFit, to playing mm-hmm. soccer, to do all that stuff. I I've not gotten there yet. Um, and so, after a couple of trips to a couple of doctors, we have decided that, or I have decided, it's my decision, but I've decided that I'm gonna undertake this uh, endeavor. Quality of life, man. If if it increases Rehab quality of life, you got to do it. The thing that sucks is that the other knee is now hurting now because it's it's the the, the compensation of the other yeah. knee is getting so bad that it's it's I almost feel the other knee is worse than the is is I'm in more pain in the other knee than I am in the right knee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how it goes. Well, I'll tell you one thing cuz you I and hate it. you I hate and it I so have much. both been through uh, reconstructive knee surgeries and all that and I will say one thing, the week after surgery is wonderful. So oh, I'm I sure. will say I'm looking for I'm sure. you, you should stay off Twitter, sir, for the next week. You're gonna be a little loopy, you're gonna be a little happy. I told you you need you need this show to watch, you need to watch the wire. Yes. Okay. I, you, you did mention it will that on change, Twitter. it will change you. You will be a more learned person. And I, I you can come back a better person from this surgery, Eric. Not just physically, but also mentally if you go and watch that show. Anybody and when we jumped on you on this on Twitter, you wanted you wanted show requests, and I said The Wire, and everyone who watches The Wire agrees with me. If you haven't seen it, it's an absolute must. Can I tell you the front runner to, uh, to what I'm watching as soon as I can? Like, the second that I'm able to, like, focus and pay attention to something, you know what I'm watching? True. It- the Velocipaster. What? What is that? The little Velocipaster? So this movie, I have a feeling, is in the same sort of vein as the- uh, It's like a Jurassic Shark- Park? Sharknado. Okay, yes, yes. A, yes. a pastor turned into a dinosaur who fights ninjas. You're hopeless. This, this is a ama- We're starting a podcast, and the podcast <laughs> is going to review all of these <laughs> things you watch when you're after C day after surgery. Movies. On C plus movies. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I met someone. Someone shot me the the uh, uh, the name of the of the uh, of the movie, and I don't know how. I guess the social media account of this movie caught on to that we were talking. I guess he just searched his name or whatever. Has a whatever you know how these mm-hmm. things work. Um, and just started replying to me, like the director or whoever handles oh. the, the 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 media, the the social media presence of this movie. Like wow, they got out, to you. Reached out saying something to the effect of, you know, sorry to hear you're not feeling well. Whatever. I don't think he knew the he didn't he didn't know the sur- <laughs> sorry that was surgery. Feeling. But he's like, sorry you're not feeling well. But this is a, a good seventy three minutes of 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 fun. <laughs> it's what he's, he's going to be like. This guy's going to be hopped up but on all I kinds fully, of good stuff. He'll I love this movie. Fully expect us to be in the same sort of vein as Sharknado. Just the ridiculousness of it. 
I'm all for well, it. Well, you'll be in the right state of mind I told for a movie him, like I, that. Look, I told everyone, look, look, I don't want hits. I want <laughs> the deep tracks. Maybe you should stay away I from The, the Wire, actually. I want the the obscure movies that, that uh, you don't know how you ended up watching this thing on Netflix or on Hulu, but my goodness, it's either so good that it, because of how horrible it is, or it's so horrible <laughs> that it's good. Fair enough. One or the other. I'd suggest Flight of the Concords then. HBO that's, series. That's, that's a hit. Okay, okay. So you want just You're, terrible? We're talking about. I'm talking will, about terrible, terrible movies. You want to watch Sharknado? Basically, we're talking about movies that took less than a million dollars to create, mm. like way less, maybe less than fifty grand. You have no idea who these actors are. Just go watch basketball over and over. I am, or something IMBD like is it doesn't even know who these actors are. They don't <laughs> exist. God, in the database. I hope you make it back, That's man. I hope you for. make it back from the dark side after. Um, no, we'll see what's about to happen to you. I'm a uh, yeah. So if you have any if you have any suggestions for those you know those deep track Netflix Hulu movies, send them my way at Eric G Quintana. <laughs> send them Josh's way too at Josh B nine one. I prefer a more of legitimate. Uh, I mean, I if if it's we'll see. I don't the so good it's so bad thing. Every it's very subjective. Everyone's a little different, you know. So I have a tough time. I'm going to have a lot of time to kill. My favorite So Good It's, it's Bad <laughs> movie is Biodome. I think that is... I don't think I've seen it. Well, let's, let's put that on the list. Let's, let's put let's that put on the list. Uh, my friend, you will, you will be in a perfect let's state of mind list. to watch Biodome. All right. Uh, something I think we were all in the perfect state of mind to watch was Atlanta United's CONCACAF competition. Their match against Matagua in which they came out 1-1. Good result. Drawers. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say victors, but it's it's a victory in the sense that they're in a good position uh, come the second leg to advance the, to the next round. Uh, but well, well, let's get your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. I watched the, I watched the game uh, as it went on, and, and the game ended, and I was like, I don't really remember anything of note happening. And, and then I rewatched it, and, and the game ended, and I said, I don't really remember anything of note happening in this. It was a very uneventful match, but I think it was pretty much exactly what Atlanta United wanted. And Frank yeah. DeBoer said as much after the match, you know, the result was what mattered. If we have to go go to Honduras and grind out a result, we will. And, and that's exactly what happened. The lineup was very interesting. We'll dive into that in just a second. Before that, we do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Lucid FC. Uh, this podcast, Dirty South Soccer Podcast, Mouse South Soccer Podcast, uh, brought to you by uh, Lucid FC. Distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta reflects a deeply British American heritage design approach to clothing, promotes freedom and fashion, gender and role. The brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable. Lucid FC clothing uh, is creative and functional. You know how much we love the hats. They've got pants, outerwear, shirts, hoodies. Ask me what FC stands for. What does FC stand for? Footwear Eric? and clothing, and it's a perfect match for all football club fans. Hmm. Check it out at lucidfc.us. See why celebrities love this line. If you check them out on Instagram, you can see all the people that are kind of uh, wearing their stuff in, in their daily life, whether it's celebrities or, or, or you know the average Joe. You see it everywhere. Uh, you'll see that they're, they're really promoting this brand themselves without even being asked. Um, so check them out, lucidfc.us. Follow, follow them on Instagram and, and, uh, and Twitter, at lucidfc. Uh, at select retailers, Urban Outfitters, Wish uh, Epitome. So if you're in the, if you find yourself in uh, one of those uh, stores, see if you can't find uh, some Lucid FC gear. All right, the lineup that we saw. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the lineup we predicted first. Because I think we all thought, for the most part, because of the uh, the absence, absences that would be um, uh, evident 
Yeah, a lot. A lot. Basically, <laughs> either due to visa issues or to injury. We, yeah. we thought Lorena was going to be in the back four. Uh, we thought. Uh, I, I, don't I think didn't think that. I don't think anyone. Th- okay, well, I thought that. Okay. Um, trying to take me down with you I here. I don't think anyone thought Mo Adams was going to get a start. That's for uh, sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else was kind of a surprise. Walks playing center back. Not necessarily a surprise, but I don't think we've seen it with Atlanta United yet. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I sat there. I kind of had to. Because I, I didn't see a, a, a starting 11, a. Uh, in the preview before the match started. I, I got there like a minute in, just in time. Um, so when I saw when I started watching this game, I started trying to figure out where everyone was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The only people you I might knew, have had some trouble. I, right. I, the only people I knew that they were where they were supposed to be were uh, Pity, Barco, the and front Joseph. three. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what we what we expected based on what you had seen previously in preseason was Anton walks to play on the left. You saw Escobar and, on the left. And instead Escobar went there, yeah, and, and Escobar would have been on the right. Uh, or then you go, Esc- I think, I'm sorry, I think the expectation was Escobar Mesa as the two center backs, walks left, and then Brooklyn on the right. We hear from Frank DeBoer afterwards, Brooklyn not 100% to play, so maybe that's what triggers the move for Mo Adams to come in on the right, Escobar on the left. Certainly the back four, I mean, the re- the way the rest of it shook out wasn't a total surprise, but I, without, without a doubt, I mean, I don't think any... Anyone expected Franco Escobar to be on the left or Anton Walks to be in the middle. I think they expected Walks to play on that left side where he had been playing over the last couple of weeks and then Escobar on the right. But it seems that the injury to Brooks Lennon, who then came off the bench but wasn't 90 minutes fit, kind of uh, changed that completely and is what the reason Mo Adams comes in on the right side of defense. Yeah, I, I again, it took me a while to figure out where everyone was. <laughs> where everyone was. And once I did, I was like, what? I mean, because I'm sitting here thinking, well, Walks on the left. No, that's not Walks. That's Escobar. Why is Escobar on the left? Why is Walks on the right? Yeah. Well, you no, should have turned. You should turn the game walk- on before. <laughs> Look, I, I'm a busy guy. Okay, I'm a busy Irris- guy. It's ten o'clock. It's ten okay? o'clock. What are you doing at ten o'clock? I got a social life. Yeah. Well, we know now. We know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, back. The back four. But I, you know, I thought they did pretty well in the end. So did I. Uh, I defensively, I have, I, ultimately, I didn't have a problem with how this game kind of turned out. Yeah. I think that Lane United had their opportunity to kind of win the match. Um, and, and be, put themselves in even in a, an even better position come the second leg. Um, the one-one draw, I thought, you know, fine. I, I did not expect it to go that well. If especially well, after that if, first goal goes if, in, yeah, sure. If, if, if well is the really the the, the, the word that I want to use there because with, with everything that happened behind the scenes for Atlanta United heading into this match, I'm thinking this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a disaster. But for it to end one nothing or one one. Um, and again, you find yourself in a position where you're, you're, um, you know, with a with just keeping Matagua off the score sheet, yeah. you're you're advancing. To put yourself in that position, considering if that happened, it's amazing. I, I'm I'm in awe of what this of what Frank DeBoer and what what hmm. the individual in players, awe. wow, what the individual players have been able to do. That being said, it still wasn't a good performance, in my opinion. No, it wasn't. And it I, was. It and and I'm I'm not. I say that knowing that you had players in random weird position yeah. not random but weird positions it, it was it's not gonna be the starting 11 you see throughout the uh the majority of the of the season probably not the shape you're gonna see either sure it it did it didn't look well i don't think it was supposed to be that great of a performance i think even frank DeBoer would be like yeah we just kind of threw well, he people said out it. there that's po- at this point and 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 hope for the best one of the things that i thought was real telling was you hear frank DeBoer on all almost every single match where maybe the team struggles a little bit the way we saw them and he's always said you know we need to be able to dominate the game in all phases from a defensive, from an attacking standpoint. You know, we need to be able to hold possession. We need to be able to win duels, all those things that he says. And after this match, he said, eh, 
we were happy to go grind out the result. We kind of knew it was going to be ugly. So I think in a lot of ways, Atlanta United accomplished exactly what they wanted. And I think, to go back to kind of your earlier point, Eric, that there, this did kind of feel like maybe a bit of a disaster going in. And I think the reason is we've already experienced last year at Arediano, leg one and CCL, first competitive match of the season. And there were so many parallels, I think, from all the players being out to it being your first match of the season, going, uh, you know, going to Central America against a team that's midseason. And I think the team really used, including Frank DeBoer, learned from, certainly learned from that experience. Sure. Because one thing you noticed last year in Costa Rica was when the team wasn't playing well against a team that they would look at and say, we're better than them player to player. And you would say that same thing about Matago, even with this 11 Atlanta United rolled out. But when that happened last year in Costa Rica, when they didn't have a hold on the match the way they expected, panic kind of set in. This match you saw Atlanta United able to recognize that, kind of maybe even expect that the match was going to be like this. And then they're able to grind out a pretty good result. Yes, you need a couple good mo- uh, moments from Brad Guzan, but that doesn't that didn't seem to lead to any panic with the team. I right. think they expected we're going to concede a couple opportunities. We're not going to be at our best. And in the end, you get a very good result. You get the away goal. You defend pretty well. Um, so, I mean, I think you put a bow on it. It's a good result, but it's also kind of the way you expected the game to go. And I think that's the best thing about the result for Atlanta United is that. They didn't get frustrated by the fact that they weren't at their best, and they were prepared to respond to not being at their best as well. So the 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 bad habit that I got into most of the game was comparing Matagua to an MLS team, hmm. and instantly knowing that man, as much as this looks great to start the season, and it's it's not going to hold up. And and I say that knowing that again, this isn't the starting eleven we're going to see throughout the course of the uh, of the regular season. <laughs> Uh, but I kept wanting to compare Matago to an MLS team. Right. I was like, okay, well, how ready is this team? Uh, you know, one once MLS action kind of starts, and then I kind of had to stop myself because I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of a uh, this is it. This is the worst case scenario for Atlanta in in terms of starting eleven, in terms of um, you know the visa situation, in yeah. terms of injury. So there's really nothing to take away. That's more than okay. Well, they put themselves in a good position for the second leg. That's it. You got to. In my opinion, a, a, a okay performance out of pity. You got a good performance out of Joseph. I thought Barco was was fine. I think you still you're, are looking for them. I, I think that's where I wanted to see more. I guess is the guys combine up top, yeah, the front create three. more more opportunities within themselves, and that just didn't happen. You did have the one moment with Pity, who I think maybe got away with a foul a little bit, but um, whatever. He took advantage of the opportunity. Finds Joseph. Joseph scores. You wanted to see a little bit more of that. You wanted yeah. to see more of that of that uh, uh, dangerous attack going forward. I just don't think you saw enough. That did worry me a little bit, uh, but again, I'm not going to take too much away because it's it's game one of 2020, and you had all the circumstances going into it. Yeah, and I, and I think especially with respect to the front three, maybe not having the day that we wanted. Part of that obviously was match sharpness, things like that. But I think the, another big part of it was that you were so much more conservative through the center of midfield. <clears throat> excuse me, playing Rometty and Lorentowitz kind of next to each other as like a double hold, as right. opposed to what you'd normally see with the wingbacks bombing forward, just two center mids. So one of the reasons I think those three were, even though the the goal was clearly to get the ball up to them and let right. them play, I think one of the reasons maybe they're not on it as much as you would have liked is because the shape is a little more conservative than it would normally sure. be. Um, so I think those things all kind of work together to the team not playing their best. Certainly personnel part of it, I think shape part of it, and 
the good thing is that you saw those guys continue to plug away, come away with a goal. You see uh, Joseph and PT with decent chances in the second half. So even those guys, that even though those guys weren't having the evening they were used to, I think the theme with the front three was the same as the theme throughout the rest of the eleven. Is even though you know we're we're not dominating the match that we're not that we would like to, even though we're not getting on the ball and combining with one another. We still understand our role, and we're going to be, go grind out a result, and that's exactly what they did. So I think, in a lot of ways, the front three resembled the rest of the team on the pitch. That yeah, things didn't go maybe the way they wanted to, but they did a good job of continuing to plug away, do what Frank DeBoer wants, and I think that's the reason you get a one-one result, as I mentioned earlier, as opposed to what happened in Costa Rica yeah. last year in the first leg. My main focus was was, uh, was pity, just because I, with all the criticism he received you were, last year, I thought overly critical of PT. I, I am. I thought maybe you took some uh, premature painkillers before your <laughs> surgery. Cause I was it the was it the unconvinced were, that that what was the tweet that I said you unconvinced by PT I mean I, Tito is gone oh, he hasn't he hasn't changed my mind That's, T- Tito is gone Eric doesn't know what to do he has to <laughs> find somebody else to pick on well let me let me let me back my point up he hasn't convinced me that he's going to be the 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 DP we need in 2020 he's not gonna have the breakout season that yeah granted that was a tweet that I sent 40 minutes into the match even after the goal. And throughout the rest of the match, I still wasn't, I still wasn't convinced. So, but what I mean by that was he hasn't, he hasn't changed my mind. He hasn't, he hasn't in the, in a match like this, where if you're looking for someone to take the game over and be the game changer right. and be the guy that's, that's a force among the other 11 guys and the guy that's going to be the productive workhorse, he worked hard, but I don't think I saw enough out of, out of pity to be that game changer, game changer. I know the stats. I know the numbers. I don't care. I don't care about the numbers. I think it was like 28 passes, 25 completed or something like that. I don't care. Yeah, it looked more because like you and the I, chances you, he you, created. You and, I, and, uh, you and I sitting right here can complete 28 passes. Like, I don't care. Right, but but he... I but, don't care. Well, let's look at the... I don't care. He completed some important passes. That's why you're right. Don't just look at pass percentage. Did someone really just send you his pass percentage stats? No, 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 no. Okay, because I could <laughs> see somebody totally doing that on Twitter. Um... No, but I thought I thought he was Atlanta United's most lively player. He creates the goal, uh, a couple shots. I was I'm impressed with him. I just think he. he but see, but see, here, here's my thing: is that hmm. what I want is a, is a ratio. I don't know what the ratio is. I, mm-hmm. I I'm not a sta- I'm not a numbers guy, so I don't know what the proper ratio is for for you know the 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 W T F moments to the amazing moments that we're supposed to see out of a DP. Yeah, it's almost more like a feel thing. Like, does sure. it feel like he's impacting the match? My feel. Is that he impacts it to an extent, but not enough to be worthy of the DP money that so he's getting, I would re- or the slot that he's. I would rebuke with two things. The first of all was that I thought again forty minutes in with a right, with I mean, a screwy starting eleven, it could change on Tuesday. Like that, true, right? I mean, come on, y'all. We played one CCL match. We're you know I, a I, lot I, of what we say is I not going to hold when up. I, when I tweeted that out, I knew it was a little, it was a hot, very hot takey. But the point was that that forty minutes you in, you just missed Tito. Really, really, the whole match, he didn't seem like the guy that was going to change the game at any point. I, I still think if I'm a Tagua, I'm not super nervous about pity. I just, I just disagree with that. I mean, I, I think you know, obviously, he had the shot with his right foot. He had a couple of really good crosses into the box. Uh, one of them that sets up the chance from Rometty that I, I think was cleared off the line. So I thought PT Martinez impacted the match in a lot of ways. I, I think the reason for me that maybe it didn't look. Was that was that Barco wasn't at his best? And I think sure. when Barco's at his best, that's when you really see PD at his best as well. So it doesn't feel like PT has to. If like you said, he's kind, he's a WTF guy. Like he tries stuff. Yeah. So you need another. So if you got Barco on the other side, maybe not playing as solidly, 
PT's mistakes are a lot more amplified, and he's not getting on the ball in the in the most advantageous of positions where he can do those things that he wants to do. So, I, I mean, to me, I think it's too full. I thought, first of all, I, I I thought PT did play well. I thought he, if there was anyone that was going to take over and impact the match, it was him. Uh, but also, I think you, you, whenever we see Barco not at his best, which isn't often. But I think often when we see Barco not at his best are the moments where we, we, we kind of wish we could get a little bit more from PT. So I think maybe that has that's part of it from this match. But I would still say for me, I, I, I really like what I see. I think we are seeing a player very similar to the player that finished out last season. He looks lively. He's, he's moving around well. His body language is much better. And he is, he is getting on the ball closer to goal than he sure. was at times last season. So I'm, I actually, to me, the signs point that we are going to see that breakout season, Eric. It's just my, sub- my, totally subjective. Sure. My counter, my counter to that would be he was, he's, he's a Copa Lib champion playing against uh, the Hon- uh, Hondurian, Hondurian yeah. side yeah, no doubt. that you've never heard of. No doubt. Yeah. And and players that clearly aren't to the quality that he's probably ever played against in a long, long time. I don't think anyone would so well, call out a Rapids I, or something. I'm right. looking at Yeah, I'm looking at him thinking, you did fine for what this competition was, but you, I needed more. I needed, to, I needed him to be the man of the match. I think he was. I don't think there was one, to be honest. Well, if you had to pick one, I would say him or Guzan. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's where my money went. It's a fair point. I mean, and you still want to see more from him. But just for me, what I I saw, he looked much more like the PT we saw the last month or two of last season than the one that struggled throughout the first half. So if if we're going to see that type of PT and we're going to see Barco healthy, and we assume that his performances will improve from the first leg, then I do think that breakout season is coming from PT Martinez this season. But time will tell. This isn't like a Tito 2.0 thing. This I will fully admit it. I'm 100% wrong. We'll see. If the numbers we'll see. and the results and and the quality of play from Pity improve over the next For all we know, you're going to come back months. after a week like, I don't even remember that podcast after surgery. Who's like, that I, idiot? Like, I don't even re- <laughs> You're you going to forget you know, everything. You know what would be cool? Would, like, after surgery, they somehow a spider bites me or something like that, and I end up with superpowers. <laughs> like, well, you straighten the blood. You already do have superpowers. You injured Miles Robinson. No, that, what? Have Come we been on. over that? How you on the radio apparently talked about the <laughs> how an let, injury let me, to let, Miles time Robinson? Out, time and out. I, literally within an hour, he was injured. Sure, but yesterday with the Home Before Dark Boys on the radio show, I'm sitting here talking about how guys we're gonna get we're, like everything is stacked against us right now. We're gonna get stomped. <laughs> this is going to be Edeliano 2.0. So you're saying you did that on purpose to... Uh, so the, the dread cod, I guess, was pleasantly appeased. <laughs> or appropriately appeased. You appeased the dread, the dread god, who is you, according to some people. So oh, Those people aren't smart. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Joseph's hair? I actually kind of like... I mean, I, I, I'll, I like it. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We need a standard, and, and he's, he does not he, meet the standard of good hair. I'm just so impressed that every change he makes with his hair is shocking. Like, we know it's going to be shocking, but, this but is, somehow this, every this time... Like a, this looks like a bad bold cut. Yeah, it looks like a like the old like the uh, where you shave like the underneath, old troll wig, you know? Uh, kind of, but you where, put, you, where you shave underneath the actual outer layer of, of, of the bowl cut. I didn't even know he could do that with his hair. He's got like the, it's like a white person haircut on. It's very impressive, I have to say. I'm not he's, he's got, he's got like, he looks like, looks like me in like the seventh grade with my bowl cut walking listen, around. Listen, listen, if, if I've got that haircut, I'm not getting the ladies. That's true. I'm not getting the ladies now, but you know what I mean. 
some guys, you know, like Joseph, they by being extra bold just makes them look sexier to the ladies. You and I just don't have that type of swagger, but uh, I like it. And I, and I don't it like those dogs that are so ugly; they're cute. I don't know. I just kind of like that. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess That's an so. Ugly haircut. I'm looking at it now with with the kneeling pose, and I'm like, oh Dude, god, it really is ridiculous. Shave it off. I man. just think, like I said, just amazing. Like he he's gone through what four or five hairstyles, and each one has been more shocking than the last. I'm all about. I'm all about. You got to give at least give him credit for keeping us guessing. I mean, like I'm all about that expression, but my gosh. That's, that's What's he gonna come choice. up with next? I mean, it's just you know what a. <laughs> this might be the worst hair in professional sports. Yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> I would put this up among the worst in, worst hairs. It's really really bad in professional sports. Not just soccer. That's bad. Not just foot. Across. I still like across it, the whole thing. I still like it. It shows it shows that he's bold and then he <sighs> has self confidence. What were your other takeaways from the uh, from the match? I mean, I th- it's funny, like, there's not a ton concrete to take away. I think the big debate is, I think, the PT thing that we discussed. Um, and then <clears throat> you just there's not a lot to take from it because that's not a shape you're going to see Atlanta United in. But I think, the, yeah, so the PT thing and that maybe you can look at this and say, okay, maybe this team is a little more pragmatic, more sure than they were last season where when things weren't going well, you could see the team hit the panic button, start to press a little bit, especially in that first half of the season, and that's not what we saw. So if you take something concrete from this game, I think that would be it, that that, that maybe you've got a team in it that, that, that is able to lock down, control the game, and maybe control the tempo of games the way Frank DeBoer wants as opposed to last season. So here's the the mistake that I thought, and I mentioned it on, on, on Twitter last night, here's the mistake I thought Motagua made was not pressing Atlanta United. Well, it was kind of a delayed press. Yeah, I don't, I, see, I didn't even see it as a press. The only time I really saw it as a concerted effort to press Atlanta United was the beginning of the second half. Yeah. But then outside of that, I didn't really see it. Well, they now. were like... It was just keep the keep the middle of the field as compact as possible. Yeah, it was done. compact. It's not like they were sitting back, but they certainly didn't aggressively press... It was kind of like they just set up their line of engagement and just. It's not like they were pinned back in their right, own right, half. Right, sure. No, but no, they would, that, that's not what I mean. But it, they it, weren't putting pressure. Right. I would have done the same. I agree. I would have done the same. You've got a right sided player on the left uh, in, in, in Escobar. And they, You've got uh, Anton Walk starting at center back for the first time. Nate Mesa making his debut. I think it was a perfect game to press Atlanta United hype the pitch. I agree. That's the magic of uh, CCL. These opponents don't know each other too well, and Atlanta yeah. United kind of gets away with them. Because I, I, I truly think that if, if Matagua presses, look, they have nothing to lose. They're clearly the inferior team. If you press at home, "Quote unquote" at home, then you give yourself an opportunity to be up, being a end of the annual situation going into the second right. leg, rather than being you know having given up the away it goal. Almost, and you might have you might have given up the away goal anyway, but you want to give yourself an opportunity yeah. to kind of be able to come back. Um, sh- should Atlanta United get the away goal, and they did, so now you're kind of in a situation where you basically have to yeah. win the match. It almost looked like Atlanta United learned from first leg against Herediano last year. Mm-hmm. Motagua did not. Really, where, 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 really, they should have looked at that film and try to duplicate the exact same thing: high press up the pitch, counter attack into the wide areas, play at a fast tempo like Motagua did, and just make a team that's playing together for the first time in the season. Make them force them to be very cohesive and yeah. play together. But like you said, Eric, since you did, they didn't really, really high press Atlanta United. Atlanta was able; it was easier for Atlanta to grind out a result because it just wasn't as hard for them on the ball. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. I think a little more, a little more high pressure and aggression from Ottawa could have forced Atlanta United into a more similar performance that we saw in Costa Rica last year. But they just didn't do it. 
And to Atlanta United's credit, I thought they did a good job of recognizing that, taking advantage of it, winning the possession battle, and and were able to grind out a match in those circumstances just fine. I do love I do love that that you already mentioned it, but it seems that Frank DeBoer has has learned from last. It seems that his whole team has learned from last year. At least the ones that are still here have learned from uh, from last year's uh, first leg in CCL. And and it gives me hope for the rest of the season because if he's learned, let's assume that they took that big lesson and they applied it to this match and they they prepared themselves the right way. Well, it gives me hope for the rest of the season and how they're going to prepare for MLS uh, the MLS campaign. Yeah. Um, and and how they're going to kind of play out this season, how they're going to you know, face certain opponents, how they're going to uh, uh, make adjustments when they're needed. Because Frank DeBoer had now with a season under his belt, now with his with with the experience of of, of the travel and 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 MLS the the, the MLS nature of MLS, um, you've got your you've got a chance to to kind of build upon you know the mistakes or or. or the bad decisions that were made last year. Yeah, and I think even w- within CONCACAF Champions League, you know, an, a, another representation of I, th- of I think the team maybe not being pragmatic enough or executing enough was that first leg in Monterey. When you go to the next round and you're holding on for dear life, you're, yeah. si- you're sitting back, you're defending, you're defending, you're trying to grind out that result, and then suddenly you give up, what was it, two... Two goals or three goals in ten minutes, yeah. and which just completely, was the difference. which yeah. was the difference in the tie. I so, think I forget what the yeah because it was, it was three nil there, yeah, and yeah. you win one nil at home. So I, I think that it, it, hopefully this will pay dividends. What we're talking about, Eric, as well in the rounds to come, because we saw last year, even despite the disaster at Costa Rica, you're still able to go through sure. against a pretty inferior side, but you weren't able to recover from similar mistakes you made in the first leg against a much better team in Monterrey. So this year, if you assume you're going to play Club America. In the next round, hopefully you'll see again this type of performance resonate when you go play in Mexico, uh, uh, to, in Azteca to play Club America. Hopefully you'll see the same type of performance where when things aren't going your way, maybe you get out of there with a one nil defeat, but not a three nil defeat or a two one defeat or something like that, where you're able to keep contact with them uh, whenever it is that you're gonna whenever you're gonna play that second leg in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, whether you play that second leg in in Mexico, I'm not sure how it would work. Um, I assume it's the who, same. Uh, the first, you know what? I don't know. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, but but either way, I guess, that, it, I guess it technically depends on who that wins. leg in Mexico is. Obviously, going to be very very difficult. <clears throat> and we saw last year at Atlanta United very uncomfortable trying to, as I keep saying, get that ugly result on the road. This year, we already have seen have a better idea of how to make that happen. So hopefully, what the type of performance that we saw in Motagua will carry on. Not just to improve performance in leg two, but also a better performance, assuming you go to Mexico City yep. in the next round, if you get through. Uh, Miles Robinson, uh, Joseto, Castro, Mulraney, God. Bello, Castillo, all missing from uh, last night's match. So many. Due to injury Robinson. or visa issue. Yeah. Um, so the two that we might get back, according to Doug Robertson, um, uh, Mulraney and Joseto should be able to be selected on Tuesday against Matagua. So... Fingers crossed that's the case. Fingers crossed that uh, the 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 visa issues are, are kind of resolved for those two players because I you're still looking to see how Rosetto uh, Joseto, let's get it right. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Joseto, yeah. The R is in an, uh, an H sound, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, which makes you wonder: is it Ronaldo 
Yes, actually, if when you've I, heard people say, yeah. I, I have no idea. Yes. I don't know the Portuguese they, language. They, they, they will absolutely do that. Ronaldo, yeah. um, so Moraini and Oseto looking to get into the uh, into the match on Tuesday. We'll see how much actual playing time they get. I got, I got to think Moraini will get a, a substantial amount of playing time. Uh, Joseto, maybe not as much. Maybe it's I'm a interested sub, though. I thought Emerson Hyman really, really struggled. Yeah, really struggled. And I Honduras. wouldn't be surprised if if Joseto was kind of slotted in there as as the starter in, in that midfield. Um, I am curious to see how he fits in in uh, not only with the midfield, but how he kind of influences and interacts with uh, uh, Joseph Martinez, Pity, and, and and Barco. Yeah, it's gonna be important. how that kind of how that interchange kind of ends up working out because I think I feel like he could be. A, a great asset for specifically for Pity, because if, if Pity has someone that he I, he he I think he loves playing off of people and making quick yeah. passes to to guys that are making runs, and so if he has someone that can do that for him, where he's kind of that pivot guy, more than anything, and he's finding guys making those runs into the box into the final third, I think that's where kind of he, he's at his best. But when we're asking him to, you know, take on defenders and 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 rush into the final third and um you know go through uh, you know just a bevy of defenders that's where he's just not i i feel like he's just not at his best at that point so if you can find someone like joseto who i think would be a good addition to this midfield to kind of play off of i feel like that would be a great asset for him um and then mulraney just really at this point just a body and that could solidify he's the more, left he's, side he's more than a body but um, but I think at it also point, he's he's the only guy we've got on the left side, and it would enable you. To, yeah, there's there's nobody there. It would also enable you to go to that back three because he's played in that left kind of wing back wide midfielder position that we've seen. So I think we'll definitely see Frank DeBoer with those. Assuming those two come back into the fold, I think you'll absolutely see a return to the three four three, which should mean Mulraney. Uh, it's hard to predict for sure, but I mean that would lead him into coming in in the left. And then on, the, and then I think through the middle will get interesting because Heinemann. Okay, so we've talked a lot the last couple months about how tactically Frank DeBoer wants his, so much from his center mids, especially in the three four three system where they're just two. We just saw Emerson Heinemann play in a three center midfielder system and really struggled to do the things that he's going to be asked to do in a center midfield two in the three four three and asked to do a lot more often. Um, and with less margin for error. So Rosetto might become critical, where if Heinemann can't play that role, it's going to have to be him for Atlanta United to be able to play that 3-4-3 shape. So I'm really interested to see if he comes right into the first 11, uh, because I do think we'll see a reversion to that back three, a little more of an attacking, aggressive uh, outlook for Atlanta United coming back home, uh, because I don't, I mean, we're hoping Heinemann can do it. The club certainly invested a ton in him by paying him the money that they did pay him a lot. Even though he's basically making the same thing that amount that Dr. Nagby was making. So he he needs to fill that role. And we've talked about he's not the same player as Nagby, but he needs to fill that role a lot more effectively, or that's going to be a lot of pressure on the backs of Mateus Rosetto. Maybe Rosetto is the guy that can kind of turn that light on for him. Maybe, maybe so, or maybe, maybe he can just be that guy, or maybe you can rotate them based on matchups. But I'm really surprised that Frank DeBoer hasn't tried the midfield center midfield three because I'm just not totally convinced that you have the collection of center mids that are going to be able to play in a two-man center mid system in a 3-4-3. Three, three. That, that, that's one of the biggest questions that Atlanta United faced this season, and certainly the very early returns from Emerson Hindman are not good. But at the same time... See, here's the thing. So the same argument I made about Pity about wanting yeah. to see more out of him against this kind of competition, you can say you can make the exact same argument with uh, with Heinemann. Yeah, you're playing lesser competition. 
No, I mean, you would have expected playing, much better from you're him. You're playing in Fury competition. You should have been able to... This should have been a, a, a showcase for you, for lack of a better word, a phrasing. This should have been a showcase to see what you could do in that position, position and, and he really didn't come up with much. I think he was serviceable, sure, but outside of that, it's he's not... I, you're right, he, he didn't really have a good match. He didn't really... Just didn't influence the game. Much, I mean, yeah. like we said, I mean, you, we remember what 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 it looks like for Darlington Nagby to play that role, and it's the same role whether it's a four three three or a three four three in that system where you're trying to carry the ball out of midfield basically into the attack. And we don't expect uh, Emerson Hyman to do it the same way Nagby did, but you saw how things got disjointed when he was unable to do that. So it, if he's not going to be able to do that, then it's hard to really envision a, him having a huge influence yeah. on the season this year. Um, second leg Tuesday, February twenty fifth, eight p.m. at Fifth Third Bank Stadium uh, at Kennesaw State. Are you going? I cannot make it. Cannot make nope, it. Nope, can't make it. I can. I never. I always struggle to make it out there you with, are with coaching and uh, you the know, worst. I'm the worst. Yeah, that's fine. You won't even remember the game, so I. <laughs> like, I'll remember. I'll be watching. You won't even remember it later. I, I will play. be watching for the comfort of be my dad. Be all hopped up on you know all <laughs> kinds of good stuff. Um. So yeah, second leg uh, right now one one on aggregate. Um, really in favor of Atlanta United because of the away uh, the yeah, way you gotta goal. feel good. You so gotta feel good. You go into this match, it's gonna be a different feel from last year because you were so behind last year uh, from the get go in the second leg. Um, I gotta think that they're gonna go after at least one goal. Yeah, I mean they're gonna go after goal. Uh, what am I saying? They're gonna go after. They're gonna try to put Matago out of this pretty early. I agree. That's um, the way to I do this. Ideally, you'd want to score two in the first half. Yeah, you want to score as many as you can in the first half, but realistically, you want to score two in the first half. Um, really take Matago out of it. By halftime, um, and if you're up three-one on aggregate, it's done. Yeah, you're, you, 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 it would be an astounding and embarrassing loss for for Atlanta United to to kind of give it up at that point. If you can get one, that'd be great. But you're gonna have to get. I think I think Matago was good for one. Always, I mean, always, Matago's you're always one, uh, always one a on risk. the road. Uh, but it's it's all a matter of really. And, and on top of that, you've got the you've got you're gonna have a new starting eleven. I think. If you've, you're including Mulraney, if you're including Joseto, you're going to have a new starting 11, so you're going to have that to kind of worry about a little bit. On top of that, you're probably pulling, you're not having the same, uh, you're probably not going to have the same back four, I would think. If you're Probably go to Mulraney. a three. Sure. So that, that changes everything. So you want to make sure that as much as you want to get these next goal, or the, uh, you know, or as, or as early of goals as you can, you also don't want to allow Matagua a chance to That's what'll be interesting. gain that momentum early on and 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 you know find a way and to score more than one. We've seen teams in these kind of two-leg top two-legged ties all over the world kind of struggle with striking that balance in the second leg Eric where it's like we don't want to just we're the better team so we don't want to just sit back right. and in this so we case we want to you want to take it to them but to, you yeah. do want to have some sort of balance where you're not totally exposed. That being said, you mentioned the first 15, 20 minutes, Eric. I think that's the time where you can really go forward if you're at sure, United yeah. because you know, first of all, that they're going to, they're almost surely going to sit the first 15, 20 minutes. They're going to come like most conventional wisdom when you, when you go on the road against a better opponent. Uh, you get to those first 15, 20 minutes where you sit back um, and, and then try to go from there. So that's certainly a period where I think Atlanta United can plan on really, really, really going for it within the attack. And if you can get a goal early, Force Matagua to come out of their shell and try to go get a goal themselves. And they're going to have to do that at some point, regardless. Then I think you're in really good shape. I'm interested. Interested to see how much. Uh, it's not sold out yet. I'm interested. Mm. In the atmosphere. I'll be watching on. It's TV. always a great atmosphere, from what I've. Um, I've never been to to a game at Ken, at the frac the fraction. Yeah, I've never it. heard that. 
Fifth third. I love it. I never fraction. heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Um, did it rain last year? I feel like it rained last year. Uh, probably if it was at Kennesaw. I feel like it's always raining. I feel like it always rains in Kennesaw. Um, but yeah, I mean that's all I got. There wasn't a lot. That I just there wasn't too much to take away from the match. No, I think I mean like like I mean I said not the, not in a very serious way. That's going to you know really help analyze the course of of the start of the yeah. of the regular. Of, not of, that we're capable of, of doing that anyway. Season. It just there's not a lot to 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 look into. You can look at individual performances, and I think we've nailed that. Yeah. pretty much on the head. But well. I think depending yeah, I mean, on how you feel about pity, but the only ones you can really look at are like we said, front three because you're going to have those front three. You can be a little maybe worried about what you saw from Emerson Hyman. Yep. And other than that, it's hard to really take anything big picture other than like we said. I think maybe your mentality is a little bit improved. Uh, but other than that, it was just about the result. And I think like as I mentioned at the very beginning, Frank DeBoer's comments afterwards were so unique to anything he's ever said after a game where the team didn't play his best, where where he just said we weren't expecting to be at our best. And I'm proud of the boys for getting a result. So I that tells you all you need to know. You can be proud. Yeah, you can be happy of the fact that um, the guys that did play stepped up in that sense. Yeah. That they 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 got the result that you absolutely well at the very least absolutely needed. Um, and and now you're again in a position to really good, much better position than last year. Yeah, you're in a position to advance um, pretty easily should things go even remotely close to your way. On Tuesday, I think it's fair to say it would be a disaster if you don't oh, go for through. Sure. If you don't, if you you, you come, it's you, not out of the realm of possibility. Of course not, but, but it would be a be a, be a mess. I think if you go I out. Think most people are going to be watching this game. Here's the thing: when we watch these games with the expectation that Lane is going to do something, what typically happens? Well, that's your fault. I'm not. So they say. <laughs> that's all your fault. Nothing so they to do say. with that. Anything else you want to hit on before we uh, wrap it up? It's going to be a short one. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, there, there's not a ton ton talk about. be interested to see if we maybe get another signing or two in here. But in the meantime, hopefully when Sam and I do the podcast together next week, um, yeah, so I we'll be talking about, about uh, quarterfinal CCL. The quality, the lack of social media content. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be terrible podcast next week. So just, just take the week off if... Uh, Gosh. Save yourself some stress. Awesome. <laughs> you you wrote the piece on Atlanta United having the tactical identity. Did you see it hmm? yesterday? Which one? The one on Atlanta United having a tactical identity. Yes, right. Did you see it last night My- against Motagua? Uh, no. Not at all? I mean, a little bit. I think with the front three, you saw it. You saw that, the, the, like, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Eric, with trying to pick passes out, vertical passes to the front three, split the lines and go. But you didn't see the same insistence on dominating the tempo, dominating the possession. And, and context determined that. And as we said, that's why you get those comments from Frank DeBoer that you've never really heard before after a match the team struggled. But I do think the attacking onus was similar and that the idea is hitting the front three. Can I tell you why I got brought that article? I mean, you People can. are running that's around saying, why, "What not, is it, Man United?" That's not. That's not why I brought it up because no, I, now you, did, you did write the story, and I'm like, "All right, well, did you see what you thought you what you claimed to see?" Right. Didn't last night? didn't see it sure. other than the front three, but we know that what we saw in that game, the managers told us as much as not what we should expect to see going forward. Anyways, the reason I got <laughs> pissed off. Because our boy Tanner McLeod wrote, you know, and we love Tanner, wrote an article, what is it, Lenny United's tactical identity? And then I look up like three articles I've written in three podcasts we've done entitled, what, <laughs> here is it, Lenny United's tactical identity. <laughs> like literally, I had been, we'd been talking about that all last season and I had written about it. So, I mean, just to go back to that really quickly, and I, this is something that we'll talk about all season sure. long. Yes. Atlanta United has made some bold steps with the new direction they're going in, 
but it is a very clear, obvious direction where they're going based on the players they've signed. We talked, I mean, how many podcasts have we done in the offseason, Eric, where we said, all these outside backs coming in fit the same mold, yeah. attacking outside backs, you know, box to box, and play in a back three or a back four. All of these center mids coming in, same thing. They can play in a two minute sit. They can, they're box to box guys. They're good pass completers that help you control possessions. Fernando Mesa replaces Leandro Gonzalez Pierre as a guy that can pick out passes. Maybe isn't playing crazy direct balls out of the back. Maybe not as crazy aggressive in a 1v1 situation. Again, that fits the system better of a team that wants to hold possession. So come on, y'all. It's and it kind of worked in your favor considering, especially with, with the uh, the way that all these players that you brought in, you, you think, well, maybe Mo Adams. Well, yeah, Mo Adams. You look at uh, Walks. You look at um, Brooks Lennon when he did go in. These guys are all versatile players. You brought them in specifically to, yeah. to be able to. Everyone that came in fits fits kind of that mold. Versatile box-to-box guys because, Frank, in a possession system you're going to spend a lot of time forward up the pitch when the team goes forward after stringing passes together and you have to run your run your ass back if you lose the ball and you're exposed against the counter. You've got to be able to play both ways and that's why you see a Brooks Lennon type as your right back uh, as opposed to uh, Tyrone Meters uh, more a traditional, just to use someone that's played in Atlanta, more traditional outside right back. You know, you're seeing, you know, that's why you see the Edgar Castillo signed, you know, a guy that can get up and down the left flank. So, I mean, there's a clear plan here. The question is whether it's going to work or not. And if it yeah. doesn't, a lot of people have ruined a lot of their reputation where they've, I mean, Atlanta United has hardly put a foot wrong the last few years. They're taking a big risk by changing system and cleaning house. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, but but it does seem they, they are aware and know what they're doing. Did you know about this... Um Charlotte Independence friendly that they got going on on hmm? Saturday. I had no idea this was a thing. No, oh, we're well, glad we're prepared. <laughs> well, I, I I was I hadn't seen it anywhere in the preseason. No, I had thing, no so idea. What, I just happened to see it on the uh, on the schedule. I didn't realize they had a game on Saturday after CCL. So game on Saturday. I totally knew that. <laughs> All right, um, Atlanta United again against Matagua at Fifth Third Bank Stadium Tuesday eight o'clock. Uh, Fifth Third Bank at the the state the Kansas State uh, Football Stadium. Uh, so make sure if you haven't gotten tickets, I'm pretty sure there's still some available that you can go grab. Uh, feel free to join the festivities. Uh, one more big shout out to Lucid FC, uh, sponsor of the Mountain South podcast. Again, distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta. Um, they've got the uh, hats that we love so much, outerwear, shirts, hoodies, pants, um, Lucid FC footwear and clothing. Perfect match for all fans of football clubs. Check them out, lucidfc.us. Um, you can find them on social media, Instagram and uh, Twitter, at LucidFC. Make sure to check them out. Any final thoughts before we take off? You can find me on Twitter, at JoshB914. And, of course, friend, wishing you all the best Thanks. Uh, over for the next week or so. successful surgery, hoping for successful recovery, and a successful six months of rehab. Sounds good, man. So, You'll be fine. I, I do really want the recommendations for terrible Netflix movies. That are so terrible. Well, I think awesome. you did a great job defining exactly what you're <laughs> looking for, as opposed to legitimate televisions. And I actually don't blame you. I think uh, I think you'll be in the perfect state for this. Not really up my alley, but I'm sure some of our Twitter someone, friends out there can help you out. Someone has a a strong suggestion or a strong recommendation to watch Japanese vampire movies. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a a genre. To quote Stanley Hudson, "How many vampires am I supposed to care about these days?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. All right, we'll end it on that. Until next time, see you later, Lana.